0: Our next thing up is actually we had our Haiti team in November um, went to Children of the Promise, so we are going to hear a little bit from them today. So I am going to hand the mic back to Sandy. All
1: right, team, if you'd go ahead and come up. So I want to introduce the team uh, here at the beginning. So. There were seven of us who went to Children of the Promise, Greg and Melinda Tyler, Mike and Marla Kummerl, Jordan Arnold, and Kerrianna Carpenter. Where is Carrie? Okay. All right. Carrie's not here. I'm not sure what happened there. But um, anyway, um, I want to start out by saying that if God places a desire in your heart for something, and... It is his will. If you persevere in prayer, he's going to bring it about. He's going to bring it about in his time. And this trip to Haiti, I've said before, some of you have heard, was a nine-year prayer of my heart. And it was nine years ago this month that Steve and I traveled to Children of the Promise and brought our two children home. When I went that time... I, um, I went solely for the purpose of our kids. And so my concentration was completely on our two kids. And I'll have to tell you that I didn't even remember the gorgeous mountains. I didn't remember that. But this time when I went, I took it all in. And my feet, from the time we got in there, probably, it seemed like I was two feet off the ground the whole time. Because... I had that prayer answered, and I had a team down there with me. And um, I would sit on the front porch of where the volunteer house of a morning doing my quiet time, and I would just sit there in awe of what God had done over these last years at Children of the Promise. When we went, there were two buildings and a third being built. And when we were there this time, there were so many houses. You'll see those probably in the the video we'll show at the end. Um, and I just just sat there and I I thought about the the little desire and calling that God placed on Jan Bonema's heart, a fifty year old woman in 1999. And 17 years later, that orphanage is still running. And sh- and and the many lives that are being blessed and the children who've been cared for and found families and just, it's just amazing. And so when God places something on your heart, persevere in prayer because if it's his will, whatever it is, it's going to happen in his time. Um, And so I just, I just sat there and there were many times I was just near tears because I was so happy to be there. And just to see the work that he's doing. And I just say, to God, be the glory. So I think Mike's going to share first.
2: Let me go up here so you can see me. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Marla and I went down there. It's just a, uh, <clears throat> I guess I can't think of the word, but um, a just another step in so many things in the last um Six months, year, five, ten, twenty, forty years um, of just where God's bringing us. What things have just come into place? <clears throat> um, we um, uh, so just a, real quick. We got a lot of rain while we were down there. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that story, and and I'm wondering maybe Sandy if that's why you were two feet off the ground <laughs> most of the time. Um, I think within the first twelve or 15, eighteen hours, um, I think we had what ten or thirteen inches of rain. Um, Very bad. And and if you remember the December storm two years ago now, or a year year ago, um, that was just shy of 10 inches, and it really was a problem here in the first world um, metropolitan area. A lot of flooding. So imagine what it would have done to that nation. And that was just the first night. Um, By the time we left, it was about 25 inches of rain, and it didn't stop, I don't think, for another three or four weeks mostly um overnight so in the homes that had um you know the bricks uh, with no mortar and you know just their homes just a rivers literally flowing through them um overnight so not so much even during the day which is i think would be a little bit more palatable i suppose um i didn't spend too much time at all with the uh children uh, my task um, i found out about a week before was um Uh, their coordinator um, found out that there was a um, a technical guy coming on the trip. So he tapped into that, shipped me a bunch of hardware um, that we brought down, overnighted it from, you know, Amazon or whatever, and we brought down. So I helped to hook that up and get that taken care of. Um, So I spent really a lot of time with the adults, a lot of time with the workers. And um, I think right away, and it's just amazing, right away that my heart um, connected with With them, they're there, these full-time missionaries really, are there serving the children, uh, feeding them physically, spiritually, medically, emotionally. Um, My question for, for them was, okay, who's feeding you? Who's taking care of you? Imagine taking your family down to Haiti Um, or anywhere for that matter, out of where you are for a year, two, three, four years possibly with your children um, into an environment, quite literally in a a closed environment with five or six other families who you didn't choose directly to fellowship with, but um, of course God chose you to be together with them. Um, But imagine having to relate With them. Um, You're attending Liberty Church because you are presumably like-minded with the others in this room um, to a certain degree. Imagine going into an environment where you are not necessarily like-minded. You know, um, maybe somebody is okay with drinking um, socially or just a little bit and then of course somebody else is absolutely not. And you're living next door and you're worshiping with them week in and week out with only them. Right. And so uh, my heart is is I know that there's just there's a lot of that can certainly bring tension. And so my prayer while I was there and even since for sure has been how can they be served? And Lord, will you will you raise somebody up maybe if there's not? And I don't know what's going on down there, um, but in those types of environment, missionary environments where you're secluded, um, who's, who's helping you, you know, as, a, as a, a leader? And I think that can be applied to ours, us personally too um, in our own lives um, of, of making sure that, um, that we are well taken care of uh, spiritually too, uh, of course. Um, but it's just, it is a, um, you know, there's, there's extremely taxing, um, I think, you know, maybe for their marriages, for their children, uh, for their spirit. Um, and my prayer then, of course, uh, would be just that they would not lose sight of their original calling. How did they get down there? What um, brought them to the place where they are um, in that in that place? And I think for me and for for you, um, I think the same thing is where you know how has God brought you to the place of where you are today, and have you um, done everything you can to make sure that um, that you are striving for um, to to fulfill that in your life and in the lives around you. So. I think that's really, I think, just another piece of the puzzle of how we've, um, Marla and I have have come to just say, yeah, let's go to Haiti. Why not? Um, God's going to provide. Um, that's that's clear. Um, it, it, it costs some, I don't think too many people actually um, financially helped us to, you know, it certainly wasn't paid for by any means, but uh, we also didn't feel it. I think God provided in many, many ways that we just didn't, Just do the math, and it just, I guess it wouldn't have worked out if we would have looked ahead and and cared to crunch the numbers, and I didn't. I said, you know what, let's do it. God's calling us. Let's just do it, Um, and it was super, super easy, so.
3: (laughs) Well, um, our group went down really not knowing specifically what we were going to do. We just went with total open hands. Whatever God wanted us to do, we were willing to do. We had gotten together and prayed, and we just prayed that we would have willing hearts, every one of us. And so when we got down there, um, because of all the rain, everything just kind of shifted. It's like, well, let's have you guys do this, let's have you guys do that. They had to go into emergency mode to take care of their people. A lot of new things just popped up. And so they asked if we could paint the handicap room. So... Um, um, Sandy, Sandy and I first started in there and it was a little uneasy. Um, we just hadn't, you know, met these people before, but there were children who were completely deformed, who could, none of them could talk. Some of them were, were making animal sounds. Um, it was just, it was a different environment for us and it was a little uneasy at first and we couldn't communicate really well with the the caregivers. But Sandy and I were painting, and and they started singing. Music is very important to the Haitian people. And all of a sudden, I said, Sandy, I think that's what a friend we have in Jesus, that they're singing. And we listened, and it was. And we couldn't sing Creole, but we just joined them in English. And they were over there singing in Creole, and we were singing in English. And it was beautiful, beautiful. And when they quit singing, we started up a hymn, and they knew it, and they joined us. And so we were worshiping with our sisters in Christ in this room of, of brokenness that was beautiful. And I remember asking uh, the oldest lady the second day, I said, would you mind, would it be okay if we... Um, uh, audio taped you and she said okay and she ran out of the room and then she came back with a hymnal that was falling apart and she sat up erect on the edge of her chair and she started singing and it just brought tears to my eyes they were raising their hands and I'm thinking here we are total different country but we're worship these are our sisters in Christ we're worshiping the same God together And something else that just dawned on me this morning, it was just God really made me sensitive to the body of Christ on this mission. Um, Going into Haiti and going out of Haiti, the airplane was completely full of American missionaries, the whole plane. I mean, it was just, well, where are you going? Oh, we're doing medical missions. Oh, we're doing this mission. it It was beautiful. And so God just really showed me that he's at work in Haiti the churches at work in Haiti, and as we were singing today, it's all in His hands, and we need to continue to pray that the Spirit of God would would just move in Haiti. Haiti's in a very broken state right now. Um, I don't. I, well, it's very obvious. You you get off that plane, you you get taken in the back of a pickup truck because many of them had to ride in, and and I don't think they've begun to repair from that major hurricane or earthquake. Um, and then they had the huge um, hurricane, so buildings you might have a roof, you might not, you might have a wall, you might not, stray dogs everywhere. it's just total brokenness, and yet the people are so resilient, they're smiling, they're in their their you know their best clothing, they're resilient, but they need our prayers because it's very difficult to eat day, day by day. Um, Another highlight to me, um, they took us up to a big fort. It's called the Citadel. I would suggest you look it up online. They took us up on horses, and we're going up this mountain in a cloud, and all of a sudden you see this stone, and it just keeps going and going and going. And what God revealed to me going up that mountain was, as big as that huge fortress is, he's bigger. As as unmovable, as impenetrable as that fortress is, he's, he's bigger. And it was just this incredible visual picture for me, how mighty is our fortress. Um, that song just kept coming to my mind over and over again. Um, and then the third highlight, um, we... I had um, I had spoken French when I was younger, and I haven't spoken it in a long, long time. But on this trip, God obviously wanted me to use my French. And it was amazing how he brought vocabulary back to me. It's, it was just God. And um, we had to take, not had to, we had the honor of taking care of a woman with triplets. Um, her house had been flooded out, and they didn't think it was safe for her to have her her children in the water. So uh, they were there over the weekend, and um, we took shifts throughout the night with her. And so um, I asked if she could speak French, and she said yes. And on my shift, I started talking with her, and all of a sudden, she just really opened up. She was talking about how the father of these babies was not in the picture, This was very challenging for her. Her mother was helping her with these babies. And um, I had taken a gospel bracelet that was left from one of our crafts, and I shared that with her. And, um, And I just really realized, God, this is why you have me here on this trip, to be able to communicate to this woman. And I said, Darlene, I said, and I told her that. I said, God had me here to tell you that God loves you that he is here for you. I asked if she had a Bible. She said she did. And I encouraged her to read her Bible, that he would give her uh, direction and joy. And on the wall of this room that we were in, there was something in Creole, and I couldn't make heads or tails of what it said, but I saw the 91-4. And I had just told her, God will take care of you. And I said, I can't figure out what that says up there, but I see 91.4. I bet that's a psalm. And so I opened my Bible, and it says, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. And I just felt that God was confirming what I had just said to her, and it was just what I call a divine moment. It was just wonderful to be with her, and, to, and we all got to share... Jesus' love on her. So those were some of my (laughs) highlights.
4: Shalom, church. (laughs) Okay, down in Haiti, I led um, the Bible stories for the kids, and that was a fun opportunity because I have never really done that before. And one of my favorite parts down in Haiti was when I was, like, going to bed, I was, like, laying down, and they had told us that their neighbors to the um, organization, like, worshipped voodoo, and we're all into that, so when I was going to sleep, like, I had heard it, like, the singing and the chanting, and, like, in that moment, I just, like, felt honored to, like, I was able to pray against it, I just felt, like, so much empower from the Lord, because I'm, like, part of his army, so, like, that was one of my favorite parts, like, God was just, like, You're part of my army, and, like, you have the power, and, like, Holy Spirit in you has the power to pray against this. So I really loved that, and one of my other favorite parts um, being down there was um, seeing God's heart for this organization through Sandy, which was very awesome to see, and she just loved it down there and loved on everyone, and she just worked well and, like, just knew everything, and it was was a great trip, and it's a great organization, and um, hopefully we can go back.
5: One thing you didn't say about the Bible stories, which was interesting, is that one of the groups of kids that we had didn't speak English. And so (laughs) they're all, like, two years old, and Jordan's, like, trying to tell them about Moses in English. And they're, like, (laughs) it was pretty fun. So this was my first, like, real live mission strip. I had done, like, a couple in the States in, um, like, high school and stuff. This is my first time ever out of the country, so that was a whole new experience and uh, there was a lot of exciting things. I got to ride a horse up a mountain and the horse 's name was motorcycle <laughs> and and that was fun. Jordan and I raced. I think no, I think I did i don 't know, but it was fun. Um, we got to learn some Creole and I got to hold lots of kids and babies and I got to eat more chicken and rice than I ever want to eat in my entire life um, <laughs> But the two things that really stuck out to me, and Sandy touched on the first one a little bit, but as we're flying into Haiti, um, I was just totally taken aback at how beautiful it was there. Like, you hear about Haiti and how poor it is and how the poverty and it's poorest, one of the poorest countries in the world. So in my mind, I'm thinking we're going to fly in. It's going to be this devastation. It's going to be ugly and dirty and stuff everywhere. And it was in places, but, I mean, there was just mountains. It literally you could see the farms and it looked like a quilt, and it was just I was just amazed at how beautiful it was there and it just it reminded me it like it is beautiful, but there is brokenness there. We did go into the market one day, and you know you saw the little tiny homes made out of cinder blocks with no roofs, and there's trash in the street and um but yet. It's beautiful. And God looks and he sees beauty. And, you know, that's how we are. You know, we have ugliness and brokenness and ugly stuff in our lives, but it's beautiful in the Lord's sight. And from the, that place of brokenness, God can just do so much. And so that was the first thing. The second thing that um, really struck me, too, was the organization, Children of the Promise. Um, you know, we all know they're an orphanage and they do the whole orphan thing. But I was really. Um, surprised at how much they do besides that, like that's just a small part of what they do, they just really meet a lot of needs in the community, they employ like over 100 um, Haitians with jobs, and um, one thing I had read before we went is like the average um, wage for a Haitian for day is a dollar, a dollar a day, so $365 to live for the whole entire year to support yourself and your family, that's like nothing. And they actually pay $5 a day there. So not only do they provide jobs, but they like pay well. And, um, and that, so that was really cool, just watching like each morning the tap-tap, the taxi would come in. And we'd be sitting out on the porch. And all the Haitians would pile out of the back of the tap-tap. And all the ladies who had stayed the night before would pile back in. And they're just all happy. And it was cool to see, too, even through the rain, like them coming into work. They were super, super happy to be there. They weren't complaining. You know, we had heard about one of the ladies had to walk through, like, waist-deep water just to get to the taxi, and she, she just had her dry clothes on her head, and she came in, and she went and changed, and she was ready for the day, and it just really kind of puts things into perspective for you. And um, they also do um, prenatal care for ladies and postnatal care. They do nutrition. They'll take in kids and they'll, who might be sick, and they'll nurse them back to health and then get them back with their families. And they're kind of like the Thrive of Haiti. You know, they really just do a lot for the community. And so watching that, this really challenged me um, in a way where God was saying, like, okay, what are you doing for your community? You know, what am I doing to meet the needs in St. Peter's, O'Fallon, um, Here, even my neighbors right next door to me? What can I do to meet their needs and to show the love of Christ in that way? So, um, anyway... Those are the things that I took away from Haiti. And I would encourage anybody who even remotely feels like, well, oh, that would be cool to go, to just go. Because I feel like too many times we like, overcomplicate it, and we're like, "Oh, well, I really need to pray about this. And, but God just wants us to go. And so take that step of faith and just go.
6: Well, I think uh, my biggest thing is, uh, to talk about was the fragileness Of Haiti. Um, So we got there on a Sunday, is that right? Saturday. Saturday, and that night it rained the amount that it rained. And by Tuesday, I think we had, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday morning, we had 25 inches of rain, not counting the five inches the week before. And so as we saw, um, uh, saw how it disrupted the, and we're in flat ground. This is where all The French used to get sugarcane all over. I mean, it's acres, millions of acres of sugarcane was, not anymore. But the interesting thing about it is just how they are resilient and what takes place. And so every night, we would walk to get our supper, okay? Sometimes in the rain, sometimes in ankle-deep water, and sometimes in knee-deep water, and... When we crossed going into the lady, into the lady's place where she cooked for us, it was the first time we went down there. Wasn't it knee deep? I think it was or a little over when we went through the ditch. But this lady cooked in a small area, and she used charcoal. And by the time that we were leaving on Friday, the biggest problem with Haiti was people were going hungry because they didn't have any charcoal because that's, what, that's how they rely on cook, or cooking. And yeah, I could go back and I could eat all the plantain and all the rice and all the chicken again that we ate during that time. But the fragileness uh, is what I really pray about and, and see how uh, the country really hurts from just being uh, working day to day. And when I say day to day, that's what I mean. Um, Uh, The other thing, too, that I enjoyed is you'll see a picture of us standing up by a wall that had all the hands that people have served there. It's a concrete wall, and that is so neat. Uh, There was one more thing. I'm trying to think of it. Anyway, um, oh, and how uh, Children of the Promise takes care of their staff, meaning the, the Haitians. The last day we're there, we went to the market, and our goal at the market was find... 220 10-liter buckets. So that's on a Friday. And the reason why we wanted to get that, with lids. So we went and got that. Uh, and we got bread for the first time that week, too. I mean, we had bread already, but we'd run out a few days prior. So we got these 220 buckets, because the organization of uh, Children of the Promise is planning to take care of their staff of Haitians, so they get ten-liter buckets. They shipped in a whole bunch of drugs and things so that cholera wouldn't start. Because the last time this happened, uh, there was a lot of cholera, and so um, they get the ten-liter buckets and drop down something that purifies a pill that purifies the water, so they have drinking water instead of drinking others. So, anyway, Sandy's next. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. <laughs>
1: So, what now? What, as Liberty Church, what do we do for children of the promise? Well, that's going to be up to what our church leadership determines through prayer. But what we can do immediately that doesn't take anything but just a little bit of time is to be prayer warriors for children of the promise. They need prayer warriors. Like like I think Mike mentioned, you know, they are, um, uh, they get weary and worn because what their job is 24-7. And like, I'll never forget what Joel, who was the uh, guy who was uh, serving as the field coordinator right now, I remember him saying, Every day, 24-7, is an emergency. Okay, they have emergencies all the time. Since we came back, two little boys passed away. And they love these children. They're grieving for the loss of those two little boys. And so how we can pray one way is we can pray for these house parents Who've moved down there with some of them with their own families. Right now, uh, the Mat- Matmas—they um, came home, so they need another set of house parents, and so we can pray for that. Um, we can pray for the children and their health, and just the the um, the spiritual side of it for the uh, the house parents, like you know, they don't have a pastor, they don't have a pastor, and, and they need spiritual, um, input, and so you, you can take the name of one of those families, and you can pray fervently for them, and so, um, we, you know, I'm, I'm planning to, to be up to speed on the needs that they have at any given time, um, But that's number one. Um, Second, um, Courtney, the nurse, when we were keeping the little triplets, um, one of them was spitting up, and I had nothing to wipe the spit, you know, from that baby. And I asked her, you know, and she said, "We, we are running really, really low on those. We send some of the burp pads home with... Um, the mothers and some of the programs, and we just don't have them. And I looked at her, and I said, Courtney, we will get those to you. And so a very simple thing, some of you women, sew, and and um, it's very easy to make these. I have a picture of what they are. Please, if you're willing to make some burp pads, I'd love to be able to send them on down at the end of this month and carry out what I said we would do. And so just come to me after church. Um, And then, uh, lastly, um, can you take? Okay, lastly, this year in the first of December, I got sent this little brochure catalog. That's that's the giving catalog for Children of the Promise, and I want to just put a bug in your ear for next year for your family. Um, What we did this year is for in honor of our little grandkids. We uh, chose something in here, and, and they range from five dollars all the way up to $1,000 $1, dollars. A thousand dollars would brought by a, a motorcycle for one of their workers. Um, but like one of the things that can be done is uh, uh, seizure medication for a hundred dollars, will take care of several of their kids' medication for one month. And so what what this does is, is like with our grandkids, I set my oldest one down, and I just told him, I said, this is what we did, and it's from you, and it's from Carter, and it's from all the rest of them. Um, And we will build on that every year, and that teaches them what Christmas is, that Christmas is giving, uh, not necessarily just receiving gifts. So those are some things that, That we can do, and there's much more. But anyway, um, we just appreciate so much letting us share and take these uh, minutes. And we're going to close with our video.
0: Good job. Thank you, guys. Where's that microphone now? Can I? Awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm actually going to have a couple people come up. i got a sermon ready to go. (laughs) It is here. It's a good, oh, at least 30 minutes. Um, But we're going to have some, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have some people um, come up and pray for missions. We're going to pray for um, Belize. We're going to pray for Haiti. We're going to pray for missions um, and for our church in regards to missions. So, um, and I didn't ask these people yet. So just come on up. Um, right now. How about, um, Josh, would you come up and pray? Come on up. And um, Sandy. And um, Greg Tyler. Oh, you know what? They got it. Can you do it? Okay. Um, And then I'll wrap up.
7: Lord, we just come before you right now in the name of jesus and just thank you for what you're doing across the earth through your church god that you are that we we know there's revival happening in china god souls being swept up into your kingdom god saved from eternal damnation god lord but it's only you said in uh in your in your word god i think in romans lord that how can they believe on the one that they have not heard how can they hear unless someone preaches how can someone preach if if they aren't sent god we just want to we just want to open our ears right now to hear from you as like as a church body here to know your will for us who should go God, how, how much involvement we should have with these different organizations. God, there's so much need in this world for, for the love of Christ that we have received so freely and freely we should give it. God, we have so much treasure in you, but there's a, there's a lost world that has never experienced it. God, we ask that you would just send us, send us we want to be willing vessels like marlo is saying just just go into all the world make disciples it's your commission you commissioned the disciples to do that and we are your we are your disciples in this day god in in Timothy it talks about you want all to come to the knowledge of the truth to repentance and to find you god would you stir it in our hearts to, to give more to missions, God? To be missionaries ourselves, God? To support certain missionaries that, are, that are, have given their lives to that? Because we can be the ones who send out or we can be the ones who go, but we can't be nothing. I pray in Jesus' name.
1: Yes, Father God, we are your hands and we are your feet. And God, somebody shared the gospel with each one of us. But for your grace, we would be lost. And so, God, I I pray that even this morning, God, you've impressed upon the heart of somebody here to go, Lord, to go to a neighbor, God, to, to be your hands and feet here in our community and maybe even out there, God, um, across the world, Lord. God, I pray for lost souls, Lord, in every country, Lord. There's so many, so many. God, send your people out, Lord, to share. Be with the missionaries that are all over this world, God, right now, today, this morning. On this Sunday morning, God, I pray for each one of them that you would minister, God, to them as they are ministering your love to the lost, God. Would you build them up, strengthen them, God? And God, I pray that you would provide finances, God, for these people to share the gospel, Lord. God, may your perfect will be done on this earth, God. And, and, God, may we just have a burning desire in 2017, Lord, to step out and do more for your kingdom work, God. In Jesus' name.
6: Father, I just praise you and thank you, Lord, for your many blessings upon our missions out of uh, Liberty Christian Church for Belize, Lord, serving and and, uh, giving uh, Bible studies and and serving the uh, people of Belize, uh, the pastor of Belize, I just pray that we will uh, continue in doing that. Pray for workers out of this church, Lord, that would uh, see the glory of being uh, on mission. Uh, I pray for uh, Haiti too, Lord, that we would have an understanding of how you are directing us in the direction for Haiti. Lord, it's our first time, so give us wisdom, give us grace, give us mercy as we continue to seek Your will in our lives here. Father, I pray that we as a body would understand that as soon as we walk out of the doors, we are in the mission field. That we would seek Your wisdom, Lord, towards serving within our own community as missionaries. And Father, we love you. We thank you for your everlasting love, your, your grace, your mercy, and your glory that you have brought to each one of us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.
0: I'm gonna. I was gonna to pray too. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say
6: you received. Said... <laughs> I thought it was just a given, you know. <laughs> it just a given. <laughs> just a given. <laughs> All
0: right, let's pray. God, thank you that um, you are a good God. I thank you that we can um, laugh and have a good time and um, know that you are delighted, God, um, to see the work that um, is going on here, that see the work that is going on um, in us and through us. I thank you, Lord, that you are sovereign that these um, nations that appear to have um, just walls up and gates barred, God, you're knocking them down, and you are sending missionaries in there, and the hope of the gospel is spreading through those lands. I pray that you continue to do that, Lord, and I pray you use us um, to do that, that there would be um, senders, that there would be um, people who are sent, Lord, that we would participate, Lord, um, in doing that, God, that we would continue to do that in Belize. We continue, Lord, with the work in Haiti, God, that um, we would be faithful, Lord, whatever little slice that you give this church for world missions, that we'd be faithful with that slice, God. And we'd do it wholeheartedly, um, 100%. God, we want to see you glorified in this nation. We want to see you glorified um, in this world. We want to see you glorified in our lives, God. So let us be faithful um, to the task at hand and put our hand to the plow and not look back. We pray this with the authority you give us in Jesus. Amen.